Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm PJ Doran, and this week we'll be talking to Kevin Bailey. Moto America, the home of the AMA Superbike Championship, is the official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. Did you know you can get tickets and info in the complete 2021 schedule at motoamerica.com forward slash tickets regarding all nine rounds of the best racing on two wheels featuring 190 mile an hour Onos Superbikes. All 20 Superbike races are going to air live on Fox Sports. The King of the Baggers is going to air live on Fox Sports. That series is amazing. Supersport races are going to air this season live on MAV TV. So don't miss a minute of the action. Practice, qualifying, races and video you can get all of that on demand with moto america live plus streaming again tickets are available at motoamerica.com forward slash tickets be sure to follow moto america on twitter instagram and facebook this week's pit pass trivia question is what Hollywood film star owns his own motorcycle brand? We'll be back with that after we speak with Kevin Bailey. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto for the first time. Kevin Bailey, Power Sports Marketing Manager for Race Winning Brands. For our listeners, Race Winning Brands is the holding company for mainstream brands Recluse, Wiseco, ProX, JE Pistons, K1 Technologies. Did I get that right, Kevin? Correct, yeah. Diamond. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Pistons, Trend Performance, Dart Manly, and MGP Rod. So glad you've joined us today, Kevin. Thank you for taking the time. What have you been up to? Yeah, I'm stoked to be here. I appreciate you guys having me on. Just been, uh, you know, just been extra busy working in the power sports industry like most of the companies are and uh, i've been doing some racing a little bit this year too so right on so you personally race what uh where are you racing at yeah so i live uh i live in southern california i'm based out of riverside i grew up i've always been an off-road guy for the most part so this year i kind of told myself i was gonna commit to racing the district 37 heron hound series it was a five race series out here all all locally. Uh, so I was like, you know what, I'm, I want to commit to that. It's been a long, long time since I've raced consistently and I just wanted to give it a shot. So, uh, yeah, I finished that up, wrapped it up. I think just two weeks ago was the, uh, was round five of that series. So it was, it was a good time. And how did it go? No, uh, no injuries. Myself as I age, not aging anything good, just aging. I find crashing hurts a lot more. I'm sure it's the same for you and everybody else. How'd the season go for you that you completed? 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Ha- number one, happiest about coming away with no injuries. That's always uh, the most positive thing. But yeah, it went well. Um, I raced open B class um, and I ended up second for points on the season. So had some uh, fun battles. It always seemed like it was me and me and one other guy ended up finding each other just about every race. So it was definitely a good time. Yeah, that's the beauty of a series. You end up finding your most natural competitor and then going head to head and hopefully pushing each other forward. Uh, that's cool that you have like most of us in the power sports industry, you have the flexibility, right, to go racing when uh, the opportunity presents itself. Works totally kosher with that. They probably enjoy uh, seeing you out there, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely something that uh, our company always encourages and something that we try to promote, actually, is, you know, it's not just a group of people trying to sell performance parts to, to you know, an external customer. It's, it's the whole reason that we all do it and that we all work with our brands is that you know we're enthusiasts ourselves and that's it's what we live for and it's what we love to do so it's it's good to have a full circle you know it's work life it's pleasure it's pretty much all of it so kevin i'm curious how does in the marketing segment of the power sports industry things are in my world i work at a dealership we're selling out all the time have been it feels like since the beginning of our global pandemic era how does marketing change in this time yeah, marketing, it has definitely been a little bit of a challenge. Kind of like you said, things being sold out, which was which we learned, we started seeing that trend in the middle of last year, which was the unexpected reaction, but, you know, one we were all grateful for, for sure. But, you know, coming into, you know, end of last year and coming into this year, it doesn't seem like it's slowed down very much, you know, that we still have a lot of, you know, we're still trying to keep up with a lot of orders, you know, production and everything like that. So marketing is, has I guess, transition to, to support in, you know, different areas, support what we can instead of, you know, trying to draw awareness to, you know, certain products to kind of transition to, to supporting other avenues and, you know, trying to support our business maintaining as we try to keep up with manufacturing and, you know, filling all these new orders. Yeah. That's a thing that we, I was going to touch on supply chains all along the uh, manufacturing process, supply chains are impacted daily. I assume you've had to find workarounds for initial suppliers becoming unavailable, that kind of thing. Has that been a real big challenge with the brands you represent? There definitely has been some challenge with getting supplies, you know, raw materials, things like that, even, you know, freight costs, gas, it all definitely factors in. Um, It is one thing we do have a little bit of an advantage because Pistons, I would say, are our bread and butter, especially with Wiseco, ProX, JE. Pistons are definitely the bread and butter. And we we manufacture everything from forging, you know, actually taking the raw bar material, cutting it, forging it, doing all the machining and having a finished product in a box ready to ship out. We do all that in-house in Ohio in our main manufacturing facility. So that definitely has helped us that we're not relying on quite as much for part of our manufacturing, but, you know, there's always different supplies, you know, even packaging materials, boxes, it just seems like it's economy wide almost, you know, as everybody is, is backed up with stuff. Yeah. Without doubt, that's the case. Again, as a, as a dealer, we see it in finished products, fully built, ready to go out the door, motorcycles, ATVs, UTVs, watercraft as well. But parts is a huge, huge component of the the dealership business. And I can only imagine it's a big part of your business. That's what you guys are selling. How do you see marketing changing as we come out of this period? 
there's a really large, and it, it was going into it before, but there's a very large business to business support factor. And I think that is just going to keep increasing as we as we get out of this. All the big distributors, their big dealer customers, you know, the big e-tailers, the motosports, the Rocky Mountains of the world, all those guys, a lot of these new customers that we've seen come in, which is great. You know, we've seen some people go out and either buy dirt bikes for the first time or the guy pulls the old dirt bike out of the garage or quad out of the garage and dusts it off and then, you know, goes out and buys a couple more for the family to get back into it as a, an activity to get outside and do. And these newer customers or uh, re-emerging customers coming into the into the market and into our sport are sourcing all their parts from some of these online or from the local dealers like you guys. And um, it's it's definitely requiring a lot, a lot more uh, business business support. You know, it's uh, I think the day and age we're coming to, there's less and less for for at least a manufacturer from our standpoint. There's less direct to consumer um, and more. You know, there's a lot more outlets for everybody to go to to get their parts. So I think uh, I think supporting those our business partners is definitely definitely a main priority. So the suite of brands that you have is long, distinguished, and impressive. Kevin, do you have currently or do you foresee any of your brands really getting into the burgeoning electric market do you guys have involvement there or are there plans for involvement in that market space yeah it's absolutely a growing segment that i don't think anybody in the you know power sports industry can ignore that's for sure so yeah we do have uh we do have you know initiatives in place or i should say you know research initiatives in place and things like that to continue to adapt there's definitely going to continue to be a large a large area of support for the machines that we have right now and and then there's also a long road and a, and a lot of opportunity for growth in the electric field so yeah we do have you know research going on we've purchased existing vehicles from from e-bikes to to other things to continue to do research and product development and bring all the teams together so you know so bigger projects like that all the way down to smaller product support such as uh you know through pro x that's kind of our uh, performance replacement parts line more of an affordable but oem quality replacement parts so even for some of like the ktm uh electric bikes from the 50s to their uh like free ride bike that they offer, you know, we we have things like brake pads and chains and sprockets and brake rotors and all those consumables that even the electric bikes will still will still utilize. So that stuff is actually already covered from Pro X as well. So you know, kind of the I guess low hanging fruit, I guess you could say, to the to larger development projects. We're definitely we definitely see that there is um, you know something to pay attention to. Yeah, that's an exciting segment, and it's going to be interesting for everyone in the market to see how it grows. Clearly, you've already stated you are involved in the ATV, UTV world. Again, with experience at a dealer, it's by far and away the lion's share of our business seems to be UTVs and only becoming more so. I presume that trend carries around the nation, not just in my little segment of the world in the Midwest. Is that segment growing for you guys in the parts that you provide? Absolutely, yeah. There's... Yeah, UTV is is a massive growing segment and has been, you know, for for several years. And what's nice about having, you know, our brands is we can support the spectrum of UTV customers from, you know, the the newer models and kind of the the customer that's looking for a little bit more of a top of the line build or or is actually, you know, has their newer car in for like a performance build, you know, more boost, something like that. We have Pistons, you know, either whether it's a JE custom part or, you know, a forward shelf part that we offer uh, that will accommodate whatever kind of high performance build they're doing to even the more uh, the more common stuff like we've we've seen that 
one of the largest quantities of used UTVs out there in the field on trails and stuff right now is is the Polaris Razor 800 model or the Sportsman 800 UTV is as the same engine. So we have a lot of offerings for for that engine as well because you know from complete engine rebuild kit to piston kits and everything in between with such a large quantity and, and influx of of uh, you know even people buying used models of that um, they're going to start needing service because they're one of the earlier ones. So. So that's something that we've tried to cover as best we can. That is an interesting point. The first generation of performance UTVs and off-road cars, uh, they're all coming coming of age where, yeah, they're either going to the scrap or they're going into the hands of somebody who's going to put some love into them. So that's cool to be there and be able to supply those guys. What else uh, have you got going on uh, for yourself this summer? It sounds like you said you'd finished a season of Hare and Hound. You got more race plans? As far as racing, that was the main that was the main series that I wanted to commit to. Um, it's with the off road stuff. There's a little bit of a, at least with District 37 anyway. There's a little bit of a summer break because it's, and at least for me, it's too hot. I'm not going racing in in the in the desert in June out here. So, <laughs> don't blame um, you. Yeah. So you know, a little more toward the end of the year, some more racing will pick up. There's you know a few races, odds and ends, you know, that I'd like to do. Maybe there, I think there's a couple sprint enduros. Those are always fun. Uh, but most of the time in summer, once it really gets hotter, I um, pull out the the water motocross bike. I have a, a 750 SXI, a Kawasaki standup, and then oh, I have right an, on. yeah, I have an old old faithful uh, 650 SX as well. So I, you know, kind of switch to water moto, <laughs> I like to call it, and uh, get out on the river or the lake and and uh, and do some of that. So, you know, just a little bit of a change of machinery, but same thing. Yeah, there's been a resurgence in stand-ups with the advent of the four-strokes. And I'm really, we've sold every one. I haven't been able to ride one of the new Yamahas, the new Superjet four-stroke. It's going to be heavier than the two strokes, but I'm really looking forward to getting on one, hopefully at some point, because they're legal again, because that's been a problem for two strokes. Yamaha made the last one a couple, it's been a few years ago, we sold the last of the two strokes, and I'm looking forward to riding one of the new ones. Have you had a chance yet? Yeah, I have seen the new Yamaha, and I'm definitely, definitely curious to ride one of those. I rode, I have not ridden one of those yet, but I rode the, I've ridden the new Cowie, the 1500, and um, man, if you're like, looking for a buoy machine that thing is an absolute monster it's it's so fast out of the box completely stock and it handles insane but you know it's it's big and it's heavy but if you're if you're going to run some buoys or you know you just want to cruise around on the river it's that's an awesome machine but i think there's a lot of potential for that super jet for sure because it kind of give you that four stroke power that the cowie has but it definitely looks lighter and a little more nimble a little more playful if you're just you know want to go kind of mess around and have some fun yeah, I think it hits the balance between what what is the new 1500. I did ride one of those. We took a few on trades. And uh, the thing that struck me most about that machine was you could stand up and idle around in the marina, which is, as we know, not possible on any previous generation of stand-up watercraft ever that you could just idle around. And you can do that on the Cowie. You could not do that on the Yamaha, I do not believe. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. You can, I mean, I don't think... Even if it's not idling, you could just about stand on it, it seems yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that was the impression I got as well. And it's, there's going to be a place for it. They're selling. So clearly there's people that wanted that level of performance. So I'm looking forward to that market growing as well, hopefully. As our time winds down, is there anybody you want to say thank you to? Uh, we want to thank you for taking the time, first of all, Kevin, and joining us today. It's been a, a treat. It's good to get 
positive industry news. Anybody you want to say thanks to? Yeah, yeah, I just, I really appreciate you guys having me on and giving me the opportunity. I always love, like I said, you know, I'm passionate about this stuff. That's that's why I'm in the industry and I, I, I love being involved in anything, anything that I can be from, you know, the whole spectrum. So I just really appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to come and hang out for a little bit. It's been a pleasure, Kevin, and thanks for joining us today on Pit Pass. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. This week's Pit Pass trivia question was, what Hollywood film star owns his own motorcycle brand? The answer, of course, is Keanu Reeves. He's the owner of Arch Motorcycles, which are powered by U.S.-manufactured S&S V-twin engines up to 143 cubic inch engines. An amazing company. He's an amazing owner. He gets into all forms of motorcycling. He's been known to dip into a racetrack every once in a while around the country. Super big fan of Keanu Reeves and his motorcycles, which are amazing. Upcoming motorcycle racing action begins with Moto America at Road America, June 11th through the 13th. We also have MotoGP returning to action. The Barcelona GP in Catalonia, Spain will be June the 6th. World Superbike will begin in Italy. The Emilia Romana, June 11th through the 13th. Then we also have Lucas Oil Pro Motocross at Thunder Valley, June 5th. AFT, the American Flat Track Twin Series, going to be at the OKC Mile on June the 18th. And if you have a chance, get out to the GNCC round number eight, the Mason-Dixon race, June 5 through the 6th. Thank you again to Kevin Bailey for joining us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review us as well. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit pitpassmoto.com where you can check out our blog. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, Chris Bishop, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm PJ, and we'll see you next week. Keep the sunny side up. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age... You're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. 
Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 